Welcome to Ag on Tap. I'm Rusty Halverson. And I'm Sabrina Halverson. And this episode of Ag on Tap, we're talking about magic berries. Magic indeed. They do all kinds of neat things like help keep you healthy and they taste really good. And some fun people to talk to about these magical berries. That's right. So have you ever heard of aronia berries? I had not before this conversation. Yeah, well, we're going to find out about them. We're talking with Greg and Chase Nelson, a father and son farmer team from North Dakota. Hi, I'm Greg Nelson. Hi, uh, Chase Nelson. Well, I think since a lot of um, listeners aren't going to be very familiar with aronia berries, so can you start out with telling us just a little bit about the fruit themselves? Yeah, so they're, the aronia berry grows on a bush. Um, it sort of looks like a blueberry, but more flavored like a choke cherry, I guess. Um, really high in antioxidants. Tart, very tart. It's used for like port wine. You can use the skins. Tannins, high in tannins. It's native to North America, and it's grown quite a bit in Poland right now. That's where we got the harvester from, came out of Poland. Great source of vitamin C, vitamin D, uh, antioxidants, free radical. I mean, it's, it's just a good berry. How did you get introduced to it, actually? Because from one of the things that I found online, it was actually used by Native Americans as a cold remedy. Um, how did you guys get introduced to it? A friend of my dad's was growing them, and I was diagnosed with COPD, and he said, here, try this juice. It'll help with your breathing. Started drinking all his juice, thought I better plant my own bushes. So did you find that it helped? It does, yep. yep. I, I take it every day. It's been seven years or maybe eight years now since I was diagnosed, and we've well, I'm maintaining. It's a progressive disease, and it hasn't got worse. Well, that's saying something right mm-hmm. there. So, uh, obviously, you guys are farmers, uh, row crops and whatnot. Um, yep. uh, when it comes to the labor side of these things, um, when you got into it, I mean, how labor-intensive is this? Because, like you said, uh, Chase is kind of like a choke cherry or a blueberry, but there's got to be a, a, a lot of input uh, just to get started. Well, getting started wasn't too bad. I mean, we had soil conservation plant them all, um, but then as far as taking care of them, that's where the labor comes in, pulling weeds and mowing around them and just kind of upkeep with them. I don't We've talked about pruning, but we've never done it. So. Uh, at a certain point, we'll have to prune them when the when the canes get too big for the harvester, and we'll have to we'll end up you just mow them off like a lilac bush and let them come back from the ground. Is that right? Yep. Is that right? So now, that'll be in a, probably the tenth year. <clears throat> really? Now we were at the harvest festival last year, and uh, a, a neat little harvester, a uh, really neat little harvester. Can can you explain to the listeners kind of how you do get the berries? Off the bush. Yeah, so the the harvester comes by, it does a half a row at a time, and it shakes the bush, drops the berries onto a conveyor, it carries the berries back, blows air on them to clean them, and then they drop into a bucket or a container, I guess. And then after that, we kind of have to go through and pick stems and leaves out and bugs and whatever. But And then once they're harvested, then they go to a processing plant where they get destemmed and sterilized. And then frozen. And froze, yeah. And then they freeze them because it makes the molecular structure of the cells in the berry will give up the juice a lot better if you freeze them and thaw them to juice them. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Oh, so and yeah, then you, you get a lot better yield that way. With the harvester, there's 
over the row ones too. That'll do the whole, one, the whole row at a time instead of half. But this is the smaller version, I guess. Yeah. So when we were at your harvest festival, you actually did harvest while we were there, and that was really interesting to see. I shot a little bit of video of that, and we'll for the podcast we'll post that up um, so people can see that as well. But it's a neat machine that drives through the the rows, and part of it goes over the bushes, and it kind of shakes them loose and gathers them and throws them, you know, onto a, is it a conveyor system that? Yep. Yeah, and then collects them all. And I've seen other machines, harvesters like this, because you know, being from California, I've, I've seen a lot of different fruit harvests and, you know, grapes and things like that. So I've seen a lot of interesting machinery, and it's fascinating to me to see how that they can, you know, harvest so effectively. Do you have any idea what other kinds of crops that your specific machine is used for? I actually talked to a guy today who's going to try using it on hazcaps this fall, um, we, which is similar berry, similar yeah. bush. We tried to use it on the choke cherry bush, and it didn't. Yeah, it wasn't a good idea. <laughs> Well, the choke cherries were too big, too. The bush was, but yeah, it just kind of broke branches. And when it comes to aronia berries and the health benefits that we've talked about, <clears throat> another thing I found <clears throat> online, uh, it could prevent uh, diabetes by fighting insulin resistance in the body too. I mean, there's just so many facets to this berry that a lot of folks might not know about. I would venture to guess maybe two percent. No. And it's hard to get the word out there. This this will help immensely, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Yeah, you know, and you mentioned, um, as we started the interview, you mentioned all of the benefits to aronia berries, such as the antioxidant uh, principles in it, uh, the vitamin C, the different minerals or vitamins, I guess, that are in the berries. Um, what are some of the other things they can be used for health-wise? And also... Part two of that question, how do you use them? Do you bake them? Do you juice them? Do you want to eat the berries raw? I like eating them raw, mm-hmm. you know, but it's an acquired taste. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, um, you can use them in baked goods. You can juice them. Um, mostly we juice them. And cold press now we're finding better than, like, steam juicing. Uh, it retains more of the benefits. It's helped with blood pressure. Can't think of you know. I mean, there's so much going on with it that it's hard to pinpoint just one thing. You know, levels your blood sugars off. Open helps with your arteries. It'll actually clear plaque out of your arteries because it it makes them more pliable and flexible. Uh, Macular degeneration is another one. Help with your eyesight. That goes back to the blood supply. Really. I'm also seeing that it helps to boost the immune functions, uh, reduces inflammation. I mean, we're talking, there's a lot of uses for this. A lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Can you make wine? <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Have you tried? We haven't personally, but we've given it to a lot of wineries who have made wine. or We've given it to cideries. Cottonwood Cider and Wild Terra have both made hard ciders with it. Um, uh, breweries, we've had beer. I mean, really, sky's the limit with it. You, if you're creative enough, you can do something. That makes me think of your Harvest Festival. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, just the event, when we when we got there, we were, I know I was impressed, yeah. by just so many different food trucks you had there. You did have wineries there. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a really, really good event, kind of a hidden gem. Yes, it was so much fun. Tell us a little bit about the event when you started it, and are you doing it this year? Yeah, so we started in 2019, and the idea in 2019 was just to 
have people come out and watch the harvest. And basically we just wanted to get the word out. It's more educational than anything. So we make it free to the public to come and, and watch. Um, but then we decided, well, we kind of need to motivate people to get there. So we got musicians and food trucks and vendors and every, you know, craft vendors, uh, different food vendors. And in 2019, our big event was we had a chef cook off and we had local chefs from like Mezzaluna, the boiler room. I think there were seven or eight different restaurants involved and that was a big hit, but we had planned for like 500 people to come. Not, I mean, I don't even know if we planned for 500, planned maybe like 250. 250. And so we had them make enough food for 250. Well, then we had about 1,500 to 2,000 show up. <laughs> so we ran out of food right away, which was fine. It just, that was the main event. <laughs> so then moving to 2020, we started planning, and then COVID hit and decided to cancel. And then in 21 was our second event. Um, we did not do the chef cook-off. We just could not get restaurants on board, I think short staff like everywhere else um but we still did the vendors we had live musicians food trucks the harvest demo um games for kids i guess uh so now moving to 22 we're planning it it's going to be september 11th uh from noon to four um we're working on the event on our own this year so no third-party helpers i guess um we have quite a bit booked already. I have two musicians, uh, the homebrewer companion group. They're going to come and do a, I don't know how many beers they're going to make. It kind of depends who's all going to be on board, but they're going to do an Aronia beer, uh, probably seven or eight of them, I'd have to guess. And we were going to make that a competition, and then you could vote on which one you like the best and haven't really nailed down the details for that yet, but... We can't sell tickets to that because then that's kind of illegal, yeah. I guess, for selling for home breweries. But um, so that's one thing. We're going to have a live mural of I think she's going to do something Aronia related, maybe use juice to paint with. Um, that Leslie did that is what her Instagram handle is, I guess. She's a local artist. Um, what else? We got two musicians booked. I think I have about 25 vendors booked already. Um, food trucks, yep. Still working on food trucks. <laughs> they are hard to get. <clears throat> I've All talked right. to like maybe ten, and I haven't had anyone confirmed. But okay. um, there was another big entertainment thing. Well, we had pets in nineteen. You got no. Yeah, they might come. That, mamas. And yeah, they'd kind of bring a traveling pet zoo thing. <laughs> but. I can't one, remember what it is. <laughs> one thing that stuck out in my mind, um, the remote-controlled cars. They're coming back. Okay. Yep, that's one. <laughs> yep. We're going to move them, though, so they're not right at the entrance. Okay. Just talking so much about the Aronia berries, something that n- not a whole lot of people have heard of. I know that people who are listening are wondering, first off, where do I find these? But then also from an agricultural standpoint, how do you sell them? Do you and who do you sell them to? Are you selling them to the end user, or do you sell them? Is there is there like a cooperative that you all gather your aronia berries from around the nation, or how does it work? Right now, there isn't. We we, we have no market today. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's to the private consumer. Um, we were doing a drink called Axe Water, mm-hmm. 
which had the berries in them. We're disbanding that that has gone by the wayside. There'd be a new drink coming out, um, different owners, and they'll still use the Aronia berry, and um, hopefully they'll use ours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and they're local. And they'll probably be at the event if it's ready by then. Yeah. Yep. So that might be the kickoff for it, hopefully. Or I'm thinking it will be there. They're hoping to have their first run done in eight weeks. Okay. So, and it'll be a little different. It'll be pretty much the same flavors we have now, mm-hmm. but it'll be <coughs> carbonated and canned instead of bottled. Oh. So. Okay. But as far as selling to the end consumer, we have a Facebook page on Nelson Aronia Farm. People have contacted me on there, and we sell it for 250 for a 10-pound bag. Two, 250, or 250 a pound, sorry, $25 for a 10-pound bag. And then we sell that at the event as well. Last year we were selling it right off the harvester. Yeah, we so got we, some, yeah. Yep. 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 So we don't necessarily clean or sterilize them, so they'll come you know, right, like you picked them right off the field, so they're a little dirty and yeah. some twigs and stuff. But, but that's, you know, some people prefer that because they know it hasn't gone through a chemical bath or something mm-hmm. to the yep. effect, sure. Trying to think of what, you know, for like an end user. We're working with a group right now that are, they're out looking for sales, and they've got some lined up already where they powder the aronia and then sell the powder to for flavoring in, in different things. Um, sounded like, you know, they'd come to us for the berries as soon as they know they've got the contract. Okay. Well, another thing that we will be doing this year possibly is I talked to a beekeeper, and they're going to put a hive out during the blossoming, which for Aronia is only about, I think, 10 days maybe. Real short one. But then uh, Prairie Rose Meadery is going to buy that honey to make her mead. So kind of a cool thing, I guess. Yeah, that's a whole um, kind of a full circle. You get to use the product or the plant, I guess, for many different ways. It's really Mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. And we had uh, Wild Terra picked some blossoms and did like a aronia blossom cider mm-hmm. where they infused it with, I don't know how that turned out, but. <laughs> Never heard. Yeah. We should, we should go find out. <laughs> yeah, we should find out. We should find out. So do the aronia berries um, grow well here in North Dakota? Is this the right climate for them or do they grow in other places? They grow in other places, but they grow quite well here. You know, um, life of the plant is 10 to 15 years. Uh, in Poland, yeah. and here I'm believing it's going to be closer to 20 because they are growing slower. Okay. Really? Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, it is. So last year during the dry season, the berries were pretty small. Mm-hmm. But the year before when it was so wet, I mean, they they were very plump, so they seemed to like wetter conditions. But Well, they produced more juice, but they were sweeter last year than the year prior. Higher sugar yep. concentration in the so it could have been the growing degree days. We had more growing degree days last year than normal. Okay. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, and just to kind of backtrack a little, the reason for the festival is to help create a market, I guess, yeah. is kind of why we are still doing it. Oh, and we've got really good resources. Kathy Wiederholt is the extension agent out of Carrington, okay. and she's done extensive research with the berries, still ongoing. And we've collaborated with her back and forth. She was at the event, too. She had that NDSU information booth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Okay. That's helpful to have an extension agent that you can turn to. Yep. Um, who understands your crop too, I think, is really important for growers, especially when you're well, growing something that is not so widely known. Well, and if you get out west in the shelter belts, you'll find Moronia in the belts. They used them. Um, soil conservation used them as windbreaks. Huh. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what years that was. Late fifties. That's interesting. Yeah, I never would have imagined that. No, I wouldn't either. I was thinking there's there's another company out of western South Dakota that does quiches and baked goods. Wagon Wheel is their brand name. Um, when we were talking about uses, mm-hmm. it just I mean, they're kind of endless. Wherever your imagination will take it, you can use it. I think when we were at the Harvest Festival, and I think it might have been you, um, Chase, who uh, I asked how we could use them. I think. Pancakes was something that came up. Yeah. Like, you're, as if you're making blueberry pancakes, make it the same way with the aronia berries. Yeah, like, that, you throw them in yogurt. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. That'd be good, too. Or oatmeal. or I mean, if if you bake with them or heat them up, they seem to be a lot more palatable than eating well, them right off the bush. In the, oat, in the cookies, the oatmeal cookies, we had to cut the sugar back yeah. after we added the berries because they were too sweet mm-hmm. if you use the standard sugar rate. Yeah, so that's that's kind of the hard part of marketing them is if someone goes and takes them off the bush and eats them, they oh, I'm not going to pay money for this <laughs> just because they're so tart. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you if that's why we like doing the festival too is because we can show you how you can use them and how the flavor changes if you use them. Yeah. So your wife made a simple syrup and put it on cheesecake. That was really good. Oh, yeah, I, I have an idea for you, and you you feel free to use this. Okay, pop tarts. <laughs> actually uh there is a, a vendor we had who made pop tarts with them is that right um uh, firestone bakery i think is what what she's called mm-hmm. i might admit botch that name majorly but um they and they were good she uses uh margaret's jelly oh okay so margaret's a neighbor down the road who makes jelly with our berries she put that jelly in pop tarts is that right yep Come on, I never got one of those. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to try those. Yeah. Strawberry used to be my favorite Pop-Tart, but maybe Aronia Berry could. <laughs> Enough sugar. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Sabrina, I think one of the things that we can all gain from this conversation is that producers, whether they're from the Northern Plains, the West Coast, the Southeast, producers will produce for a market, and sometimes they have unique crops. Yeah, you know, and I think that that's really interesting. I love that that's something that we get to do with Ag on Tap is talk to producers with those unique crops and hear about what they're going through. I think it's so interesting to talk with people who have, you know, a product that not very many other farmers have. Greg and Chase are traditional farmers, Mm -hmm. but this is maybe a non-traditional crop. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just very unique that they are adventurous enough to explore something like this and see it to fruition. Yeah, and the way that uh, I thought it was very interesting finding out about how you find your market and what you do when there's you know not so much of that market there, and also growing a crop that not a lot of other farmers grow, you have to experiment a lot and you have to learn a lot, and I just found that to be very interesting. And you know, that actually leads into a tease for our next episode because next time on Ag on Tap, we're talking with a, a pair of farmers who are also growing a crop that is kind of new or 
brought back into the agricultural community, and we'll be learning about that. Yes, another young couple from Minnesota、mm-hmm. growing a very interesting crop. Yep. So stay tuned next time for Ag on Tap, and thanks for joining us today. I'm Sabrina Halverson. I'm Rusty Halverson. Thanks for listening.